What did we used to say into the microphone, Frank? Test one, two, three. Yeah. Hi, I'm Frank Valeriano. Hi, I'm Frank Valeriano. Can you donate one dollar? Can you make one dollar? To my daddy's podcast. Today's my podcast. Because it's awesome. Because it's awesome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Say, it's super funny. No, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. You want to know about life on the road? It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns And fees, fights, cancel flights, running with the runs And blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette <laughs> Drunks in the front, making out for your set And middle acts doing blow more, missing merch And drive the rental car past another mega church And juice keys, vagina fists, your cell phone is gone One big law and order marathon A regular mixer, huh? Right? All right, let's try this again. How's that? I don't know. You tell me. How is it? Speak a little bit more, please. Hello, hello. Can you hear me now? Some people say <laughs> <laughs> you too can be a radio announcer. Come to the Columbia Broadcasting. I almost went to Columbia School of Broadcasting. Columbia School of Broadcasting, not affiliated with CBS. <laughs> uh, give me one more time. Hello. What do I say now? You're, you're out of it. Okay. We haven't even started the Mary show yet. We had a little lamb. About. Excellent. <laughs> but I mean, is is my voice going to your you your melodic uh, tones are 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 registering nicely? Thank you Great. very much. Uh, thanks for tuning in the Road Stories podcast, everybody. I'm your host Murray Valeriano, uh, coming to you from a beautiful Southern California. This is why I moved to California. 85 degrees. Love it. Um, all right, real quick uh, before we get started. Um, I leave, I leave on Tuesday for a military tour. I'm going to perform for the troops. Nice. What are you um, doing? Going to D.C., Maryland. I was going to Atlanta, but they switched it to Maryland. And then Texas. Houston. No, Dallas. Dallas. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to record a podcast next week, listeners. So I, I'm going to try my best. Uh, while you're listening to this, I, I'm on the road. I'm going to try my best. I can't. you got to keep the baggage minimal. When you when you hit the military tour, I don't know if you guys ever performed for the military no, or anything. Be very cool though. I'd like to do that one of these days. Yeah, I have, um, some, I have some friends that went over to uh, Iraq and Afghanistan and did some stuff. They said it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I've a couple of my friends have been like shot at in airplanes, and that's why I'm going to Dallas. <laughs> but uh, so I don't know if I'm gonna, I can't bring the <laughs> I can't bring the equipment with me because I got to keep the equipment uh, uh, you know I got to keep the baggage stuff so I'll try if not I will drop a classic episode one from early on I have a lot of new listeners who say they appreciate that um, they're, they're, and I'm going to start doing that uh, regularly but forgive me uh, if I do not get one out for next week um, if you don't forgive me then you don't support the troops that's the way I look at it <laughs> you commie bastards um, all right this is awesome coming to me today I'm excited about this show uh, I've said it before every comedian wants to be a rock star every uh, rock star wants to be a comedian exactly so why not have a rock star and a comedian on one episode the the, the worlds collide the the, the the streams cross the don't cross the stream. Don't, it could Don't be, cross the streams. It could be very bad. It could be very bad. Mm. That voice you hear is uh, Greg Hudson. How are you, sir? Hanging in there. Yeah? A bit of a cold. I was just in Dallas. I hope you don't catch the cold I got when I was in Dallas. Well, I'm glad I just introduced you to my kid. Oh. So now my kid's going to get the cold, and then I'm going to get the cold. Uh, don't you know how it yeah, goes? You have a yeah, kid? Uh-huh. 
you know how I get it. It goes all down. It goes all downhill right. from there. Then again, um, it could be allergies. Oh, that's true. I can tell the difference. Can you tell the difference? I can tell the difference, yeah. My wife doesn't have allergies. When I grew up in Jersey, I had the worst allergies ever. It's the garden state, so it was really bad. But then I moved out here. It's also the chemical state. (laughs) We're all going to be the chemical state if that uh, leak from Japan hits us like they're expecting. Um, So when I moved out here, no allergies. Up until recently, and then I found out it's because we have had the highest pollen count in like decades or something like that. Right. So, you know, another great thing about California, we uh, have no water and uh, our, uh, our ocean is filled with uh, radioactive material and garbage. So love it or leave it, dude. It's a vacation hotspot. <laughs> Greg, uh, I met. Well, all right. Let's Greg. Uh, Greg is uh, just just a legend in the punk scene, uh, the Southern California scene, especially uh, first band Red Cross. Correct. Then you formed the Circle Jerks. See with um, the guy from Black Flag. Why am I Keith Morris? Keith, Keith Morris. Yep. Thank you. And then during that, you joined Bad Religion. Yeah, I was friends with them, and they really weren't a, a full time band. They were uh-huh. kind of like a hobby band. Mm-hmm. So I joined them, played with them occasionally, and that turned into a full time gig for a while. Full time gig, like you know, ten years later or so. Oh, that's great. Um, so Greg, I, well, Greg, I met, Greg came out, uh, I wanted to have Joe Sib on with us cause that's how we met Right, Joe, another, uh, he's a, I guess would be an ex punker. Now a turned comedian. Uh, he crossed the streams. Yeah, he did cross <laughs> the streams. Um, and he but, came out on the other side. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. It's yet to right. be determined, <laughs> but, um, I bet Greg came out to, uh, the safari show, the comics on safari at the Melrose improv. That's where we met. You say we met before that. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> we did. Um, we met. Let me tell you this. I didn't. I, I haven't told Greg this story. We. I moved. I just moved out here. So I would say 95, 1995. I don't know who I was hanging out with, and I don't know who you were hanging out with, but whoever I was hanging out with was friends with whoever you were hanging out with at the time, and we went to Damiano's. Oh, yes. That pe- there's a pizza place on Fairfax, which might be closed now. I think it's closed now. Did yeah. they close down? They did. That place was legendary. That it was, was legendary. It was one of the only late night after hours eateries in LA at the time in the 90s. Yeah. And that was open until like four in the morning or yeah. five in the morning. And we would go there after that. And I don't know how we ended up there. You and I ended up there. You were probably drinking at Smalls, because everybody went there after this. It was probably Smalls. Was Smalls, because yes. I caught the tail into Smalls as a, another legendary little punk bar uh, on Melrose, right? Correct. Yeah, that closed, yeah. like, I think that closed down like six months after I got here or something. Okay. It, but I caught the tail into that. Yeah, I remember seeing Flea and those guys in there and at Smalls. Yeah, okay. We were probably at Smalls. That's probably makes sense. Yep. And then we ended up at Damiano's and ate some of the best pizza in Southern California. And I was so excited. Because you were like the first, uh, let's call you a celebrity. Are you comfortable with that? Uh, no, but that's okay. Call <laughs> let's call you. You can call me a celebrity. Let's call you a rock star. How you're the aging first, punk legend. How's aging, that? all right. You're the first aging, aging punk aging legend. Aging punk legend. How's I that? ever met, and I was super stoked. I'm like, that's all right. I'm eating pizza with the dude from Circle Tricks. This is awesome. One of our friends coined that term. You guys are aging punk legends. That was in the 90s. I wonder what I'm, what am I now? <laughs> aged? 20, aged? <laughs> punk legend? Um, we also have another mutual friend, uh, Keith Clark. Ah. Keith Clark, who is my accountant. And he played in the Circle Jerks as well. Yeah, he was drummer, right? Drummer, Fourth yeah. drummer, what I say? Pardon? Fourth drummer? Oh, heck, I don't know. We went through a lot. How many drummers did the Circle Jerks have? Off the top of your head. Off the top of my head. 
More than two, less than ten. Okay. <laughs> way to way to take it to the middle of the road. Not six. <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, Keith Clark is now uh, uh, does accounting and does uh, mine and a few other. Does he do yours? He does my taxes. He does. Yes, he does. He, he specializes in musicians and actors yeah, and people yeah. in the business and stuff. That's, a, that's a, some shameless promotion for Keith Clark. Well, Everybody. I got to go see him in a couple weeks. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I need to see him from last year still. Oh, really? I pick up my tax return. Uh, we always go extension. You? Always, your thoughts? Always, always do an extension. Why is that, do you think? I hear you're less likely to get audited that way. Really? Plus, uh, I never have my, my... Can I say shit? Yeah, you can say whatever you okay, want. Right. I never have my shit together. Yeah. Ever, ever. Um, these are uh, tax tips from aging punk rockers here on the Road Stories I was podcast. Told many years ago, you're less likely to be audited. I just, of course, I'm going to get hit this year. Right, of course, saying for saying that. I heard that uh, you're more likely to get hit. Mm. Which has not stopped us it's for some reason. Other. Yeah, I don't know. Well, we'll both find out. Right. I have to incorporate this year, I think, or something. Anyway, that's a whole nother talk. Let's go back to the early days of the Southern California punk scene. How was that? It was. Uh, it was a pretty interesting, exciting time. Yeah. It was a lot of a lot of unknowns, making stuff up as you went along. Yeah. Um, who uh, who are you? So you well, you were born in New York, right? I was born in Brooklyn. But you moved out here at a very young age, right? Yeah, I was two, two and a half or that, so. It's young. So I'm an LA, LA guy. Yeah, so this is obviously home now, right? Yeah. Where are you? Where did you grow up? In Hawthorne. Mm. Home of the Beach Boys. Yes. Um, and you could hear that influence in the uh, Circle Jerks. Oh, yeah, totally. Uh, <laughs> so uh, who are the contemporaries coming up then? Like Minutemen, that kind of, those guys, or are they later? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, Black Flag. X germs. Oh wow! Weirdos, uh-huh. alley cats. Uh, yeah, the early of the earliest Dickies. Early. Oh sure, the Dickies might have been the first punk band I've ever heard. They were the first punk show I ever went to. Oh really? Yeah. Where was that up? It was at the Whiskey in mm-hmm. July of 1978. Wow! And seeing them and the middle class was the band that opened up. Uh huh. And we're actually you were in a middle class T-shirt. Yeah, and they were these young kids, and they were up there. They were the opening band, and they uh-huh. were up there just, just rocking really fast music. And I'm looking at these guys and looking at myself best I could, without mm-hmm. looking in the mirror, <laughs> and said, you know, I I could probably be in a band like this. I don't have to play like Eddie Van Halen. Right, you know? right. It was very inspiring. It was it was a the aha moment, the yeah. light bulb going off. Moment. So, how did you and Keith Morris meet then? Uh, I was playing in Red Cross, and uh, he was in Black Flag. Mm-hmm. We used to practice at this place called the Church in Hermosa Beach. Oh, the legendary, the legendary church. church. Sure, which was a uh, it was a former like hippie artist type of thing. It was an old church. That these kind of like a almost like a community art center. Uh huh. And they let bands practice there. It was Black Flag, Red Cross, The Last Descendants. Mm-hmm. Um, we all practiced at this. At this place, St. Vitus, too, on the, more on the metal side, but oh, yeah. they practiced there, too. And people lived in there, didn't they? People lived there. Yeah, you can see footage in the decline where, decline of Western civilization. Oh, I was going to bring that up. They were uh, people living there. Anyway, we met at the church, mm-hmm. and Black Flag used to want to pra- practice every day, and sometimes Keith wanted to go out and party in Hollywood. And, sure. And Red Cross be practicing, and it's like, you going out to Hollywood today? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna sneak out and give me a ride, okay? I'm like, okay, cool. That's kind of we became friends that way. I would sneak him out of Black Flag practices. Oh, that's cool. To Hollywood or Chinatown to see gigs. Uh huh. 
Now I hear the uh, the kind of like I was talking to somebody. Oh, who was I talking to? I forget who it was, but uh, they were uh, talking about how the just the the clash of the punk scene and the rock scene in Hollywood would could get very violent at times. Yeah, yeah. The the well, it wasn't just the the rockers; it was the the sheriffs and the LAPD too. They oh really? They, they were kind of it just few years before that wiped the uh, hippies off of Sunset Boulevard. Oh, that's right, that, right. Well, it wasn't that much before that. Mm-hmm. You know, these, these crazy kids with short hair and dyed hair and, yeah, you know, thrift store clothing coming out. But yeah, the, yeah, it was a, it was a long hairs versus the short hairs. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Hmm. And it, it, it started out mostly the long hairs against the short hairs. Right. And then people started retaliating and it got stupid. And there was some, some fights and violence between the rockers and the, the punkers. But really? Mostly, I think mostly the harassment was by the the authorities. By the cops, though? By the cops. Get ra- Like shows get raided and stuff? Shows get raided or they send the fire marshal in. Uh-huh. Shut it down and the kids would get pissed and throw shit where the, the cops would show up just in full riot gear without any notice. Oh, really? Yeah. Jeez. And just invade the shows. Yeah, I, I remember being at this uh, it was a famous Elks Lodge riot at mm-hmm. downtown near MacArthur Park. And uh, I still, I still kind of had the long hair thing going. Right. And uh, me and my friends were standing on these steps that led up to the, the thing. Up to, up to the Elks Lodge at the club, yeah. And next thing you know, the riot squad in full gear comes in and just starts clubbing everybody at like punk rock. Really? And I saw this one cop look at me and turn the other way and hit some guy next to me that, that looked punk rock. I'm like, that was the moment where I thought, maybe the cops are not my friends. Right, wow. I, I always thought, no, nah, it's a bunch of bullshit. Cops are cool, they're not out to fuck with anybody. anybody. Yeah, yeah. But that kind of that was yeah. a turning point. Wow, yeah. You can talk to my friend John Vargas, Mexican comic who grew up in L.A. He'll tell you yeah. the cops are not your friend. <laughs> right. Uh, you brought up the decline of Western civilization. Right. Ep- episode one. We'll call it episode one, I guess I should say. Uh, not episode one. Uh, what do you call it? I don't know. The first one. The, the first, first one. one. The fr- it never got released. Or it got released in limited... Uh, limited... DVD run or yeah, yeah. VHS. Yeah. yeah. And then didn't... Uh, didn't they show it in Los Angeles and that caused a riot? Do you know anything about yeah. that? Yeah. The premiere was at a theater on Hollywood, like Hollywood and Excuse me. Mm-hmm. Hollywood and Highland maybe. Okay. And you know, there there was way too many people that wanted to see it that, sure. that could get into the theater. Kids were hanging out and you know, the cops decided to show up in full force. Mhm. And you know, there was a little bit of a riot. Hmm. And then that caused Daryl Gates to ban it ever being shown again in Los Angeles. That I guess so. Yeah, Darryl I just read. I just I was yeah. just read that. Yeah, he was a very reactionary police chief. He was mm-hmm. the guy that started raiding the crack houses and using the paramilitary force. Right, right. He was the instigator of all that. Sure, lovely guy. Lovely guy. Nice guy. Nice guy. Uh, the reason I bring that up is because they're fi- they're uh, going to re-release. Uh, uh, decline of Western civilization. I just Correct. read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, it's a uh, long time coming. So yeah. Everybody can see it again. I'm very excited. I never, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. I'm very excited to see it. Uh, I've waited like 30 years or whatever to see it. And then there was a screening at the Writers Guild uh, last year and I wasn't able to go. 
So uh, I, I kind of figured I kind of figured it would be coming out if they're going to start screening it. Yeah, I went to a screening. They had it at, at LACMA and was by it was put on by the uh, the Academy of Motion Pictures, whatever the sciences. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's what, that it was. what it was. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. It wasn't the Writers Guild. It was the Academy because right, my wife's in I, the Academy. Okay, I went up and took some questions and answers. I answered some questions. Oh yeah, it was very cool. Oh yeah. cool. I was surprised. It was totally packed. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the the interest is still still huge for that stuff. Oh well, sure. No, I'm really excited to see it. As a matter of fact, I think my uh, listener sent me a bootleg of it. Not to, not that I won't pay to see it, but uh, sent me a bootleg of it. And I gotta go check my post office box. So Steve, oh, I'm not supposed to say who sent it. So thank you, listener, whoever sent it. What kind of questions did you feel? Do you remember off the top of your head? No, pretty pretty similar stuff. What was it like? Was it uh-huh. really as dangerous? What you know, as made out to be? You know. Was it as dangerous as it was made uh, yeah, out to yeah, be? It was pretty dangerous yeah. sometimes. Yeah. So how was your touring? You must have been. I I, I told you that it's got to be just vans, right? Just touring in vans. Yeah, we toured in. Uh, we used to have uh, the first. After all, this is road stories. We got to get to yeah, the road. The fir- yeah, let's get to the road. <laughs> the first time we did a major U.S. tour, uh-huh. it was in a uh, yeah in a van. Yeah, I always love. Uh, talking to musicians and, and comedians bitching about going out on the road for a week at a time. Right. And musicians are like, screw you, man. Six months in a van. <laughs> we had a van that we had for, for a few years that was a small Dodge panel van. It wasn't an extended one. Uh-huh. No air conditioning. Oof. Uh, pulling a trailer with seven people in it. Oh, man. No seats. <laughs> Just some uh, carpeting down and sleeping bags or whatever. Right. And we went out for three. We went out one year, seven months. Wow. Three months back home for like a month or uh-huh. and a half, and then out for another four. All North America or? Oh, yeah. U.S. and Canada. Yeah. 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 So, how, I mean, you, you talked about uh, it being violent here in Los Angeles, the birthplace of Southern uh, California rock. How was it welcomed on the road? I mean, in the other cities. Uh, there, we had some problems sometimes. I remember in Seattle once there was, the cop came and shut it down and there was a little mini riot and uh-huh. it, had snow, it was snowing and people were throwing snowballs at the cops. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny. Yeah, well, that's what you don't know. You're Southern California. You don't know anything about yeah. snowballs. <laughs> right. Did we ever throw snowballs at cops? We did some stupid things. We used to throw snowballs at cop cars yeah. just to get chased. That was kind of the boring kind of suburbia I grew up in. What do you well, want to do tonight? What? What part of Jersey? Uh, a little town called Pequannock, um, which is near Wayne, New is it Jersey. The Chronic? Yeah, the little town near the Chronic. Uh, it was a, a small town near Wayne, New Jersey. It's okay. about, I want to say, 13 miles out of Manhattan there. All right. Yeah. Your influence reached there. I, I, that's where I first heard of the Circle Jerks was in high school. So, uh, yeah, you guys reached out there for sure. Yeah, there, there was problems with, with police and riots in a lot of the cities. Yeah. yeah. Now, was it mostly word of mouth, fanzine type stuff, getting you guys out there? Word of mouth, very little mainstream press. Mm-hmm. Maybe the local weekly or reader type, you know, alternative publications where would write about yeah, punk rock and stuff. And uh, uh, yeah, it was really, you know, you go on tour and you have a bunch of change to call up to the next city, make sure the gig was actually going to happen. Oh no, sure, no cell phones. There was no. Of course, you know. Did you, how many gigs were, would you like show up and they wouldn't be not going? There was a few here and there. I yeah. remember showing up once in New Orleans and uh, we went to the, it was supposed to be at a rec center in a park and there was a bunch of people playing basketball. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
mm, I don't see a PA anywhere. <laughs> so we, we didn't know what to do. We tried calling the promoter. His phone number was disconnected. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so we went, to, uh, uh, we went to the phone book and looked for record stores. And we found one that looked like it was a local punk rock store, mm-hmm. whatever that that sold like indie records. And called them up and said, "Hey, we're in the Servo Jerks, and do you know if our gig's been canceled or moved?" And like, "Oh, thank God you called." Blah 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 blah. And it just happened to be the right place to call. Oh, perfect. This gig had been moved, and we went and played the gig. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> so what that size? From time uh, to time. What? That would happen from time to time. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, man, that still happens on the road as comics. Oh, yeah. It's been a while, but, you know, I've showed up to back doing one-nighters, these kind of low, low-paying, low just really shit bar-to-bar-to-bar gig, and you just show up at a bar one night and be like, oh, yeah, that's canceled. Do we get paid? No. No. <laughs> or you do the show and you don't get paid anyway, and you got... Yeah. There, there. yeah. You ever run into that? Oh, yeah. How, yeah. Now, what did you guys do? Door deals? Or was it a flat rate at that point? Or combination. Yeah. Yeah, some of them were guarantees. Some of them were doors. Mm-hmm. You ever have to get it, uh, fights with bookers over pay or stuff? Uh, no. We, we, we showed up at a few houses where the people were dumb enough to have their on the contracts their home addresses. <laughs> so where's the money? Uh, oh, you know, let me go to the bank. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So, one time, uh, a promoter pulled out a gun on us. He was drunk and said, "I'm not paying you guys." Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh, that'll Pittsburgh at the Electric Banana. Ooh, that'll uh, that'll make you rethink going to his house, won't it? Yeah, we, <laughs> we kind of laughed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Smart. So you said seven. So what, you, did you have tour managers with you, or just were you guys just running it yourself? We had a we had some road crew. Yeah. At that point, we we started out. We were at a, a five. We went to five people then in the circle jerks. We had a okay. So had a, who was that at that point? It was me, Keith, uh, Lucky. Chuck, no, Chuck Biscuits on drums. Oh, okay. Was 1983. Oh, okay. Later on. Uh, let's see. Roger was playing guitar too, and Earl Liberty on bass. Okay. And we had that's five, and then yeah. we had two road crew. Oh, okay, just two road crew. Yeah. Okay. So there were seven people. At the end of the tour, we ended up with four. <laughs> we had lost. Roger on the tour, he he disappeared and quit. Yeah, and, just uh, got tired of the road or tired went, of sleeping went, next he to he Greg? Went MIA and, you know, next thing we know, he's in Reno hanging out with his parents saying that he had a heart attack. I don't know. Oh, geez. Yeah. I'll have to research that. I didn't know about that. Yeah. And then uh, I, uh, Chuck's brother was like, you know, tour managing, selling merch. Mm-hmm. And they got in a big fight and he flew home. <laughs> and then we lost the other road crew guy and... Texas, because he went off with some girl. And... Girls, man. <laughs> yeah. Girls, man. They'll do it. Yep. So here's a question. You got Chuck Biscuits. You got Lucky Lair. Any pressure to ever change your name? To, to change my name? Yeah, to something funky? No. Like Lux Interior? Or no, well, there's nothing that goes Richard with... Hell? Yeah, but they were all, all the good names were taken. Oh, yeah, by the time you get around? I mean, the best I could come up with, you know, it's like Greg Gurgitate. <laughs> that's, but that's not even that good. Are you kidding me? Oh, I love it. Yeah, but who wants to think about puke? Oh, there's that, that puke guy. There's that puke kid on the guitar. <laughs> oh, man. Well, if I have another son. Yeah. I'll name him Greg Gurgitate. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> when you start your punk band. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's good. Listen, I, uh, Greg Hudson's a great name, but uh, Greg Gurgitate's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then you went on and joined... Uh, Bad religion. 
Uh, Later on, I, we're jumping around. Yeah, we're jumping jump around. If you don't mind. Um, now they seem to they have they had a little more mainstream success. Would you can say yes to that or yeah. no? Okay. Was there a big difference between touring with them and touring with the Circle Jerks? Well, no, not at first because we'd be in the vans doing the same thing. Uh huh. I mean, it, it took, you know, it was like ten years of bad religion. You know, re, after they reformed to even or so to make a uh, oh so impact of of being played on radio. Oh, okay. So I was stuff. I was under the estimation that they were, they kind of hit Southern California running. Or did, was it a long time? A big build up to that. There was a build up. There was like a three year hiatus, and then oh, okay. it wasn't until like the early nineties when early to mid nineties is when uh, radio started playing. Oh, Religion really? After the you know the Green Day offspring explosion. Oh, really? Kind of thing, you know. After that, okay, blew the the door wide open. open sure. On playing. Oh, okay. Because I got out here in the mid nineties yeah. where you know everybody I was talking to was like bad, right. oh, yeah. bad religion, bad religion, yep. and. Uh, so I, you know, it was kind of, it's kind of like growing up in Jersey. I had no idea Bruce Springsteen wasn't a household name until 1984. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, so Time Magazine. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Bruce, what? Why is this guy on the cover? I did, That's what I thought as a kid seeing that. Yeah, yeah. I didn't learn that until I watched this behind the music because I grew up knowing that. So right. I guess everybody around here growing up was like bad religion, bad religion. So that's why I was interested in that. So that's good. So then it pops in the early 90s. Right. You out of the van? Not at first. No? No, it took a while. Uh, probably mid to, uh, maybe 95 was our first, 94, 95 was our first tour bus experience. Oh, yeah? Yeah. A little more breathing room? Yeah. <laughs> I've been on a tour bus once before in Europe, so mm-hmm. the tricks in 1987, we, were, we went to Europe with Gangrene and uh-huh. did a tour and we had a double-decker tour bus. Oh, double-decker? Yeah. Oh, yeah, those creep me out. in Europe, they're cool. Yeah, those creep me out a little bit. Yeah. I was afraid they're going to tilt. They're going to tip if you go too fast. No, they could do that. Yeah. They could do that, yeah. <laughs> so, well, let's jump back to the European tour then before we move on to Bad Religion. Uh, so they got wind of you in Europe. Where'd you go in Europe? Oh, you know. Are you shaking in, some memories? England, Belgium. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, the... Holland, Netherlands, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. Netherlands. <laughs> uh, Nobody's pointing Germany. a finger. Where's <laughs> um, what, what, it more, where's it more recept, uh, where's punk more well received here or in Europe? At first, it was Europe, but yeah. Bad Religion made their first their big breakthrough in Europe, in Germany. Uh-huh. They were just buying the stuff on import, and by time our like uh, second. Release after the re- reincarnation of Bad Religion, it was like, you know, you have to come to Europe. You got to go to Germany. You don't, and we show up in Germany not knowing what, and we're playing these punk clubs and squats, and there's, you know, holds 400 people, and there's 12, 1500 people trying to go in and see us. Oh, like, all right. What the hell? So Germany was our big, was our biggest market for years, mm-hmm. like in late 80s. Do you ever move up to fit those fifteen hundred in and get out of the four hundred seaters? Uh, yeah, eventually. <laughs> they would cram people in anyway. You know, was, yeah, there was no fire marshals. No fire marshals in Germany. Squat. You know, be, <laughs> place that holds four hundred. There'd be eight or nine hundred people in there. Right. Horrible conditions. It was great. Oh yeah. As much changed in the punk scene since since the early days. Oh yeah, I mean it's before more, before I, the Kmart punk movement came out. Yeah, there would be one or two record stores that. Even in L.A., there was only a handful yeah. of record stores. You could find the records. There was no 
mainstream press. It was all fanzines and word of mouth and mm -hmm. flyers and graffitiing your name on the side of the wall so people know you're a band and sure. sometimes where you're playing. <laughs> so what were the what were the record stores here in town? It was like Zed Records in Long Beach, mm -hmm. Rhino over in West LA. Rhino stuck around for a while, huh? Yeah, they were around for a long time. When did they close? I'm not really sure. Okay, because they're gone. Yeah, Moby Disc in the Valley. Oh, yeah, yeah. Cubas in Pasadena. I don't know that one. Yeah, and then there was one called Middle Earth and Downey. Oh, yeah. That was about it. <laughs> really? That I could think, you know, there might have been one or two more. Mm -hmm. Those were the, the record stores. Hmm. And then Licorice Pizza and Tower might have had a small section yeah. of stuff, but mostly English stuff, mm -hmm. you know, stuff that was on major labels or, you know, the early stuff that was on major labels, like the the uh, American bands like Ramones and Dead Boys, mm -hmm. Dictators. So were you guys pressing your own stuff then? No, we had a small indie label. Was it, who, were you guys on SST or? Circle uh, Jerks were on Frontier. Okay. They had, I don't know who they'd done before us. Maybe the Flyboys was about it. Uh-huh. And so, oh, so you didn't have to press your own and all that. They were. No, a lot of bands that. did. We didn't. Yeah. We probably should have. <laughs> Why is that? Save a little money? A little more money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there, what was your big, uh, what was the big uh, uh, Circle Jerks breakthrough album? Was it Wild in the Streets? I don't know. Group, group Sex kind of took off right out of the box. Yeah, you know? that was your first album, right? Our first album, yeah. It just I, We were kind of pioneers in mm -hmm. let's do 14 songs, 16 minutes. Right. And, that's uh, that's not an exaggeration, right? No, that's it's not an exaggeration. We even lied about how long the songs were on the, on the record. Instead of like, <laughs> we had a few seconds on each song. We're like, people going to want to buy a 14-song <laughs> album that's only 16 minutes? We better add some seconds on the, uh, on the track sheets there. Pat a few. Instead of a minute and 10, we put a minute 20. <laughs> that's awesome. 59 seconds instead of 52. Right, right. Did you travel with them and sell them at shows and stuff? No, we didn't. It no, was, there was there was uh, indie distributors. Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just saying because uh, comics will travel with our own CDs and DVDs right. and sell them at shows and stuff. Later on, we did, but yeah, it was just a lot to do with, and you know, records would warp. You'd be in the van. Or, oh, that's true. It's all vinyl. Yeah, it's all vinyl then. Of course, I forgot about that. Yeah. So, what were some of these venues you were playing early on? Besides, like a park, or what was the weirdest venue? The weirdest venue early on? Yeah. Or yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> if you we played at a Burger King oh, yesterday. Man, I don't know. We played pizza places. Yeah? Yeah. Pizza places? Yeah. In the little parking lot or in the... In, in like a small pizza place that held 40, 50 people, you know. Really? You know, set up in front of the... Uh, pizza ovens? Blodgetts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the, what'd you call them? Blodgetts. Blodgetts? It's, it's, it's a brand of pizza ovens. Really? Yeah. Wow, we're learning a lot on today's podcast. Yeah. yeah we've set up right there in the dining room, you know. Really? No stage on the floor, and they pack 50, 70, 100 people in there, you know. So, like, a, a, a local fan would, would call up the pizza place, maybe his dad owns the joint, yep. and be like, Put hey. a show, two or three bucks. Yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. There, there was this house that was converted into a, uh, a club in Charlotte, I think it was Charlotte, North Carolina, mm -hmm. called the Milestone. Mm -hmm. Everybody played there, like anybody that was punk or new wave right go-go's would play their wall of voodoo all the punk bands mm -hmm. and it was literally the living room of a house that they just knocked out all the wall knocked out all the walls and made a club oh cool yeah well that's awesome that was pretty cool yeah 
What about any churches? Play any churches? Play some churches. Really? Played at a, 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 a what's it called? A, all girls a Catholic high school up in Altadena once. <laughs> really? Yeah. The, somebody at the uh, that was going to high school pulled one over on the on the priests and nuns and got the circle jerks to play up there. That's more than pulling one over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Really? Do they even know what a funny, circle yeah. jerks mean? How did they? How did? How did that happen? Do you I, know how that I happened? I don't remember how that happened. <laughs> yeah. but was, they were not too happy. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Uh, whoever uh, made that happen, if you're listening to this podcast, email me. I want to. I want to find out how you get the circle jerks to play at an all Catholic school girls place. Right. That's amazing. That's amazing. Hospitals. No, I don't, no hospitals. No, no prisons. Hospitals? No, pr- no prisons. No prisons. Huh. Not yet. It's on the right. bucket list. Okay, you get to play a prison. Yeah, all right. Military bases and prisons will be on the. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, we'll have to put something together, man. All right. Oh, you know what we do? A little punk rock karaoke. Put you guys up with the comics on Safari. We'll uh, combo. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's. Oh, tell us a little bit about punk rock karaoke. What's going on now? Uh, well, we're a live, live band, and people come up and sing mm-hmm. like karaoke. However, we're the backup band, and you're the you're the star, and. Uh, we have about 50 to 60 songs we know how to play. Right. You go, All one minute long. Pretty much. And <laughs> then you sign up like you would for karaoke. We mm-hmm. call your name and you come up and sing The Clash or Descendants or Black Flag or whatever uh-huh. you want. And we play the song and you get to be the singer in a rock and roll band for a minute and a half. We <laughs> <laughs> get to play all of our favorite songs from yesteryear. Sure. And, uh, now, could you? Now, I who fancy myself a guitar player, could I play guitar also? No, you can't do that. No. Oh, really? Yeah. All right. You gotta come up and sing. It's karaoke. It's what if not... I know the guitar player? Uh, then yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. I could, then I could take a break. <laughs> now, does it get old, man? I mean, you've been you've been playing for a while, and people ask me this all the time: Do I get bored touring and doing stand up? And I don't, because I still do it. I don't get bored. I, I I don't know anything else. I love it. Right. I don't know any better. <laughs> and you said you had a uh, son, right? I have a daughter. Oh, daughter. Sorry. Um, You're fifty-fifty chance of getting that one. Right. <laughs> you did only say the age. You didn't say yeah, the gender. Yeah. yeah. She uh, got punk rock tendencies. She does. Yeah. Yep. I don't know what I did wrong. I went to the computer nerd nun, and I got the <laughs> the punk rock, you know, old school hip hop listening. Right. Right. Rebellious art type musician artist musician <laughs> that's great uh how often are you on the road these days uh not too much lately mm-hmm. a little bit here and there yeah kind of in between in between gigs so they say because you're no longer with bad religion no right? longer with bad religion okay so how's that how's that how's, how's talking to that greg he's got to be a handful to talk to who greg graffin yeah can be he's so smart that dude yeah what does he teach do you uh, know offhand? biology biology yeah i bought a book of his he uh He's a known atheist, or yes, yeah. I guess he would be an atheist, He's right? An atheist, uh, a known atheist, and he wrote. A, he was corresponding with a uh, theo- theological professor, and so they wrote a book for their correspondence. And I, you know, my dad was a preacher. My brother teaches theology. I know my, I know my Bible, and I know my punk rock. Right. <laughs> so this is the perfect book for me. Yeah, I got one page, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it was a big words. Huh? It was so over my head. I mailed it to my brother, the professor. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. here, you, you, you handle this one, I mean, man. It just, 
Write the cliff notes on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, when you're battling, you guys took off on the Warp Tour, right? We've done the Warp Tour a few times. Yeah. How, where, how far does that go? Is it just states? Or is that yeah, they, uh, we did they did it we did it in Europe once they've done it in Europe a few mm-hmm. times they've done it in Australia mm-hmm. and uh, we've did the one in Europe we've done the ones in US a lot what do you like for farming more Europe or US uh, South America oh. <laughs> <laughs> why South America the fans are just really crazy they love they love the uh, the old school punk down yeah. there and they're they're like, what's the word? Uh, they're just really diehard fans. Oh, that's cool. Not that we don't have them all over the world. Mm-hmm. Had them all over the world or whatever, but, you know, it's just, it's also that sense of danger because this, you know, the countries are developing. Sure. As they say. Yes. Some more developed than others. And just that kind of that sense of excitement and danger that, mm-hmm. so nothing ever really going to happen, but it's like, you know, just. The, you never uh, know. The uh, energy is a lot different, more exciting, it seems mm-hmm. like. Now, let's see. I'm glad you brought that up because one thing I like about stand up and one thing I hate about stand up is every time you step on the stage, you don't know what's going to happen. Something horrible can happen. Right. Uh, do you find that playing music or is it more of a controlled atmosphere? Oh, no. Early on, you must have had that. It's still, you just, yeah. don't, you just don't, you don't know. You don't know how you're going to go over. You don't know if one of the guys in the band is going to be sick and doesn't really want to be up there. And Right. Putting the wrong cap on. How the you train. doing? You fighting with that bottle right there? I'm fighting with my diet coke. <laughs> I'm a diet coke fiend. So uh, yeah, you still don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You don't know what the crowd's going to be like. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Sometimes the equipment will go down. It's always something. It's oh sure. Oh yeah. I, I would imagine with all the equipment. I mean, you know, stand-ups. We got a we got a mic and a PA. You know, one mic and a PA. Right. You know, you got guitars and stuff. But still the PA can go out. Then what do you do? Megaphone? You do Rudy Valley? What do you do? <laughs> I've, done, I've, I've gone up where the mic, uh, where the mics, it's usually the mic. It's not so much the PA. It's they refuse to buy new mics and clubs. And a lot of time it'll just be like, I'll be, hey, how's it? And uh, that, yeah. that, and then, you know, and That's then I just. The core. Do, you, do, you, do you bring your own mic now? No. I know some people who do that. I know some people who bring their Don't own they mic. smell terrible? Yeah, I don't sniff them. <laughs> How can you not smell? So one time, I, I mean, I, I don't sing much, but a little bit in some of the other side projects I've done, and I took one whiff of a mic once and almost puked, and yeah. decided to bring my own mic. Think of like if you've never sniffed a mic, think of like the worst breath you could think of. Right? It has that kind of smell. Yeah, or a, a wet, dirty dog. Along right. with a really bad sinus infection. <laughs> Nasty Rotting <goes>. food. <laughs> Death. <laughs> now, um, when uh, on this show, when I talk to comics, we have, a, we have a, 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 a segment we call things that have been thrown at you on stage. And uh, as comedians, I've, we've had several things thrown at us on stage. But right. I would imagine you've had some things thrown at you. Yep. Besides so, punches? Oh, punches? You've no. Been, uh, have no. you ever been punched out on stage? No. Have you ever gotten into a fight? Uh, I have kicked some bouncers at times. Oh, really? For being a little too rough. Yeah, I, yeah. You'll see that in the decline when you see it. Uh-huh. I kick a bouncer. Oh, you do? For roughing up some kids, yeah. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah. But, uh, no, I've, I've got inadvertently got, you know, elbowed in the nose, mm-hmm. got a bloody nose from stage divers and... Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. 
Um, it's funny. Uh, how are the security guards? Because security guards, I mean, no offense to any security guards listening, but you know, they're usually a bunch of just meatheads drunk on power. I mean, I remember going to shows as a kid and then just punching people out and, you know, and just being dicks. Yeah. It used to be a lot worse. I think now that tour managers or the band will go, look, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. If it gets out of control, we'll, we'll stop. We'll help, help police. Don't rough anybody up. Mm-hmm. Stay hurting somebody or the band or right. stuff. Did you want to go back to getting stuff thrown at me? Or are we out? Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I thought you, uh, uh, Oh no, please. No. Just the usual stuff. Shoes, shoes, bottles out of love hands. or for some reason people like disdain shoes and then someone picks up and throws it at the band. I don't know. <laughs> this weird shoe thing. <laughs> you end up with like, you end up with like 30 half, 30 pairs of shoes, but only one shoe. Oh, that's a track. Single shoes. And you try to, sometimes don't match. Sometimes you can take them home. Oh, yeah. Did you ever keep any? No, I never kept Oh, them. that would have been great. You started. Wallets, keys. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, then you're getting stupid if you're throwing yeah. your own wallet and keys. I think it's more of the kids like, oh, we found this. We don't know where to, where to <laughs> turn it in. We'll just throw it up on stage. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, oh, nice Jaguar. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> It's good find it's easy to find in the lot, I'm sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um ended up lots of cars. Yeah, exactly. This reminded me of a story. Xander Schloss. Yes. He was in the Circle Church for a while, right? Yep. For how long? I think since nineteen eighty four to ninety something? Or well, I mean we technically never broke up. We we're kind of quote unquote on hiatus. Yeah, yeah. So yes, if we ever played again, Xander was Xander would be in there? Yeah. Oh yeah. <clears throat> Xander and I no, I'm name dropping. Xander and I were in a Weird Al Yankovic video. Uh, I don't, I don't know how he got into it. I got into it because uh, uh, a manager of comedians was booking it, mm-hmm. and then I ran into Xander. I'm like, oh man, I know you. You're Xander Slice. So we ended up hanging out all day, and uh, we ended up having to wear all this really heavy prosthetic makeup because it was a, uh, it was for uh, this uh, the the song the saga continues. It was. A spoof of American Pie, but oh, okay. it was for it was for the new Star Wars. It was about Darth Vader. Nice. So we were all dressed up, and uh, Zan, both Xander and I were in makeup for like thirteen hours because it was non-union. Sounds like fun. It was awful, and then we both had really bad allergic reactions. Oh, and our faces like puffed up and blew up. His like happened. Oh my god. His happened during the they day. Didn't do any tests before that. They didn't do any. T- <laughs> A non-union music video for Weird Al, who right. you got to consider is his ninety-seven. Weird yeah. Al is still the top of his game. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so yeah, so his face blew up, and then my face blew up, and Xander and I will always have that. That's beautiful. <laughs> we, we did a video once uh, with Bad Religion, and it was kind of a a green screen thing, but the, uh-huh. but the green screen was actually like this toxic water, right, in a pool, and we were painted blue. <laughs> we were all painted blue. We were supposed to look like static. Sure, sure. It was horrible. <laughs> Being wet and blue. But they, they actually tested us a few days before to see if we would be allergic to the, the blue paint. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Well, yeah, these, I mean, we were basically extras. Nobody gives right. a shit about extras in music videos or yeah. movies for that matter. So that was just smart. Just fodder. Yeah, just fodder. fodder. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, what For what video was that? Uh, 21st Century Digital Boy. Okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. You're static. Yeah. All right. That was, it, came out, it, came, it looked really great. That, 
but it was a really horrible experience. Uh, oh, yeah? Still, it was blue coming out of my ears for days. Oh, really? Yeah, Did yeah. you ingest any of it? Uh, no. You must have got some up your nose or something. Could be. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, whether it be Red Cross or... We didn't really talk about Red Cross, did we? We could. All right. How did you start in Red Cross? You started. Were you a founding member of Red Cross? Yeah. I was in high school in Hawthorne, mm-hmm. and I had Photoshop class, and I noticed this kid had a flyer on taped to his peachy notebook. Mm-hmm. And I go, hey, you into punk rock? And he kind of looked like, oh, no, is this guy going to give me shit? <laughs> that's what new, the normal reaction was sure. back then, you know? Uh, and he's like, yeah, and I was like, oh, me too. It was like a, a flyer for the bags and somebody else playing. Right. We started talking, and he said, oh, I play guitar. My brother plays bass, and we want to start a band. I go, I play guitar. And so we kind of just started playing in the living room of Jeff and Steve McDonald's parents' house. They would let us practice there. Cool. And we found out that Black Flag, uh, well, we had the, the Nervous Breakdown single, and SST's uh, P.O. Box was on Lawndale. Mm-hmm. So we'd go down to the, after school, we'd go down and try to, we would stock the post office to see if they were going to go in <laughs> and uh, pick up their mail. Right. So we really wanted to meet them and say, hey, we live in the same area as you guys. You know, they were down in Hermosa. We were in Hawthorne, not sure. too far away. But that didn't happen. But we found out where the church was, where they practiced. We went there, met them. Hey, we're these young kids. We're in a band. And when I, we first started our, uh, Steve was 11. Oh, jeez. I was 17. I was the oldest at 17. Right. 17, 15, 11, and 15 or something we were. So we, but Black Friend became our friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Black cool. Flag, did I say Black Flag? I think you said Black Frag. Black Frag. Black, Black Flag. Black Flag. They became, this is early Black Flag, too. 1979. Yeah, this isn't uh, Henry Rollins' Black no, this Flag. this is still with Keith, origin, yeah. you know, semi-original lineup. Mm-hmm. Original lineup, I guess. So, yeah. Uh, and they would help us get shows. Oh, cool. They, they played, one of the craziest gigs, getting back to that, was playing uh, uh, Steve's junior high school graduation party <laughs> at some other par- kid's parents' house. Mm-hmm. It was Black Flag and, and Red Cross. They were called <laughs> The Tourists back then. Okay. But then we found out there was a band called The Tourists in England. Mm-hmm. I think it was Annie Lennox band, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Anyway, so yeah, we changed it to Red Cross, but we played this... This party and the parents and the kids were frightened by Black Flag. <laughs> right. Well, again, how do they not know what they're getting into? If I mean, I can understand maybe the parents, but the kids would have to know. You know, some did, some, some did, some didn't. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we didn't care. <laughs> and yeah, Go there ahead. was a good a good ride at a park called Pollywog Park in Manhattan Beach, mm-hmm. where the Black Flag convinced the. Uh, the city that they were like a, a Fleetwood Mac cover band or air supply type <laughs> band. So we played first. Everything went fine. Oh, a bunch of little kids playing their punk rock. Yeah. Then some new wavy band played. And then Black Flag came on and all hell broke loose. And <laughs> people were throwing chicken legs and watermelon, the whole thing. It was good. This doesn't sound bottles. like rumors. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That's hysterical. Cops came, shut it down. That was, that was pretty fun. Yeah. Nobody got hurt. Oh, well, that's good. good. Clean fun. Cops shutting it down, man. That seems to be the running theme of the of the whole scene out here. Yeah. Just cops shutting it down. Well, there, a lot of the clubs didn't have the proper permits. Yeah. It'd be somebody renting out a hall or mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, two things before we get out of here. Favorite moment on stage? 
Favorite moment on stage? One of them. Besides when I'm done, I could actually go to the bathroom. <laughs> uh, let's see. How long are your shows? That depends. Yeah. You know, usually an hour 15, hour 30. Oh, that's not bad. You can hold no, it for an hour. No, I can hour hold 15. it. Uh, just, I don't know, just maybe the first show ever playing live is, is pretty scary and exciting. And then yeah. uh, playing the first European festival was pretty cool, like in 1991. Yeah. Bad Religion and... And it was my 30th birthday, and we played this festival, and we kind of went up there and kicked some ass. And awesome. And I was like, wow, this, this is great. <laughs> 10, 15,000 or more people just going crazy. It was really oh, cool. that's great. Yeah. Uh, what festival is that? It was called the Bazaar Fest. Oh, in, I'm not familiar with in, that festival. Uh, in Germany. Uh-huh. It doesn't exist anymore, but you know, we were playing with like the Pixies and Danzig. And uh-huh. Some really big bands from the 90s. And sure. We went and just kind of did our thing and made a big impact, and that kind of propelled us to the next level in in Germany. So that was cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, worst time on stage? Uh, playing a show in San Sebastian, Spain, and uh, literally like four seconds into the first song, the floor collapses. Oh no! It overpacked the the club. With 3,000 people when the capacity was about 1,500. Oh, no. Half the crowd fell into the basement. Oh, man. Luckily, nobody got killed, but that was really scary. Dude, that sucks. Yeah. Did you guys get any heat from that, or did the promoters get take all the heat? The ended up going to jail. Wow. Wow, yeah, yeah. Wow. He got in big trouble. Yeah, that's serious business. The phone was at the club. Uh It was the early days of cell phones, and the only person with a cell phone, battery was dying, and he's trying to call... You know, the emergency system, the emergency people, whatever their equivalent of 911 is there. And wow. It was crazy. Really scary. Yeah, that's some serious down, business. Trying to pick people up out of the basement where they stored all the, the bottles of beer. And mm-hmm. Man, that's some crazy business. Yep. All right, well, what's going on? For, well, first of all, Greg, hey, uh, thank you for coming out, Thanks first of for, all. Thanks uh, for having me. Um, the traffic was good. We've got to talk about traffic. We're in L.A. <laughs> I'm going to 405. It was pretty cool. I didn't have to get off and go down, you know, <laughs> Sepulveda up to Barrington, down, you know, Federal on up through. Sure. <laughs> and it's only 2.30, so you might, you might catch any on the way oh, back. Man, escaping the West Side on a Friday. I know. That's why I'm glad, I'm glad you got here early so I can get all you right, out of here. Thank God. I, I love it. Even the musicians come on and bitch about me living on the West Side. <laughs> I could afford it. I live in the West. I'm in the Valley. <laughs> um, hey, one earthquake, we can all afford everything in exactly. this place. I, oh. that, that's how I ended up getting my first house. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It was, yeah the, uh, After project. the 94 earthquake? After the 94 earthquake. Nice. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> my bit. <laughs> the only, like... We got we got very lucky when we found this house. It was uh, an old woman was just getting rid of it just to liquidate her assets, I guess. And we got very very lucky. And then we spent all this money to plant this nice green yard. And Los Angeles hits its worst <laughs> worst drought Ew. on record. And so now we've got it. We're gonna we're gonna dig up our yard and, and put in. Uh, Go green, brah. Yeah, we're going green, brah. All right. We're going green. We're going to get... Well, we wanted to... We had a kid. We wanted him to to run around in the grass. See, see, I went green years ago because my sprinkler system broke and I didn't want to spend the money to fix it. Smart. So I just let... It comes back in the winter. It's really just weeds, but they look green. Right. They're green. (laughs) They're green. In the front and the back is dirt. I didn't realize how much expensive water was. I started watering my lawn and my... DWP bill went through the roof, so I'm like, we're getting rid of this lawn, man. Plus, there's a great tax rebate right now. 
if you go green and get really? rid of your grass, they'll give you like three dollars and fifty cents per square foot. Really? Maybe I'll do that. I'll pretend I have grass. It yeah. looks like grass. Well, there you go. Yeah, you do that. All right. See, we're saving water. We're saving and water. telling we're stories. Money. <laughs> and telling stories. And we're taking it to the man, man, <laughs> punk rock. Greg, what can uh, where can we find? First of all, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I just said thanks that, but that's me. fine. It was fun. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of yours, so I'm, I'm glad you came over. And you're quite funny yourself. Oh, thank you very much. Um, where where can we find you, sir? What's you what's find next? Me on on the Twitter. All right, Greg Hetson and Instagram and excellent. I don't have a website. And uh, does uh, punk rock karaoke go on the road, or are punk you guys rock local? He's going on the road. We oh, have, great! We, you can we have punkrockkaraoke.net. Okay, and we have a f- nice Facebook page. Awesome, punk rock karaoke. Uh, did you say who band. you're in that with? Pardon? Did you say who you're in that with? I'm oh, sorry. Uh, we have a rotating guitarist. Oh, great! Eric, Eric Melvin from No Effects, Stan mm-hmm. Lee from the Dickies, uh, Steve Soto plays bass from the Descendants. From these, uh, adolescents. Adolescents. Sorry, adolescents. I get those two confused. And only name wise, not music wise. Yeah. Few other people come in and out, and then uh, me, and then I have this band with Tony Alva. Oh, you do? Uh, I was just Gener- surfing with him yesterday morning. Really? Yeah. You know, no, well, nobody ever really surfs with Tony Alva. Right. Tony Alva is there, and then right. if he's in a good mood, you talk oh, yeah. to him. <laughs> yeah. What's yeah. that band? It's called General Fucking Principle. Okay. Or GFP. Sure. We got release came out last year. I split EP with a German band called Shiza Minnelli. <laughs> Check that out. It's awesome. on iTunes. Excellent. And vinyl and Facebooks and oh, awesome. Working on some stuff. You guys gonna play around here or nothing booked right now? But uh-huh. yeah, we we play around. All right, I'll keep an eye out for that. Yep, it's with Alva and Crazy Tom from DFL and Joey Castillo on the drums. Awesome. Rock and drummer. Excellent. I got some. I got a few projects. Cool. You know, I'm working on them. LA busy. Sure. Taking meetings, writing my screenplay every day at Starbucks. <laughs> 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 well, I want to thank you uh, for coming on again, and uh, check out uh, check out his music, man. Check from from Red Cross all the way up to uh, uh, GFP. Uh, GFP, buddy. Hey. GFP. I couldn't remember the. I was trying to remember the, the words. Acronym? Yeah, the acronym GFP. Right. Uh, guys, thanks for listening. Um, I know I said this earlier, um, but I'm just going to reiterate. I'm, I'm hitting the the road on Monday, so this will go up on Sunday, Greg, and you'll you'll okay. get a buzz in your Twitter feed. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to be able to get a, a podcast out for you guys uh, the following week. If not, forgive me. I'll, I promise to book a good one. Uh, finally, San Diego. You've, you've been asking for it for years. The comics on Safari are coming to San Diego. La Jolla Comedy Store, May 28th. Me, Joe Sib, nice. Monty Franklin, the Australian, Graham Elwood, and Tim Lee. We're going to be They're down there. funny guys. <laughs> Thanks, man. That was great. Uh, thanks. We're coming down there. Our sponsor is going to be Quicksilver, uh, I believe. Uh, uh, you, uh, tickets should be going on sale soon at the Comedy Store website, and I'll be putting it up on the on the Facebook page. Uh, if you haven't written a review on iTunes for this show, please do so. And uh, T-shirts are at Astoy Merchandising. Um, that is all. I will see you guys uh, when I get back from this military tour. Uh, Greg, thanks for coming in. Thank you. And Enjoy your tour. Thank you very much. And guys, uh, thanks for listening. Life on the road. It's booze, tacos, angry dwarfs, strippers waving guns, and fees, fights, candle flights, running with the runs, and blacklists, bounce checks, great a bachelorette, trunks in the front, making out for your set, and middle acts doing blow more, missing merch, and drive the rental car past another mega church, and juice keys, vagina fist, your cell phone is gone. One big law and order marathon.